Let's get that lyric uh, clearly in mind. I want to find somebody to care. I want to catch some rice in my hair. I need love and I want you, I do. I want to spend my life loving you. The Lemon Pipers, rice is nice. And let's get the last verse because this is crucial. And when I get older and wrinkles appear, will I still find some rice in my hair? The Lemon Pipers, 1967, and this is podcast number 197, The Sacraments Rightly Understood. Now, I am just um, constantly aware, having to present myself, um, and I'm just about at the point when I just can't do it any longer. I just can't do it any longer. It's just too undoing, but one presents oneself at what is commonly now and universally called the Holy Eucharist. And um, it's a combination, what you receive is a combination in the sermons of whatever the social progressive issue du jour or of the week is, and it varies every week and every month, coupled with a kind of uh, odd uh, Catholicism of, uh, of tone, or at least of dress and gesture, in which everyone is bowing and scraping like crazy. I saw someone today who couldn't be more left in every sense, and yet this person was bowing as the... Um, was a professional bowing as the uh, uh, altar cross passed by in procession, and it wasn't even a corpus on the uh, on the cross. And I thought to myself, "Good grief!" So I wanted to just try to give my little tiny attempt to um, offer a couple of thoughts on the sacraments, rightly understood. And I use that in the old-fashioned grammar sense to try to give some kind of ballast in my own kind of way, short way, to what the sacraments in Christianity are really about and what they are and what they are not. Most of all, of course, what they are. And the song by the Lemon Pipers is fantastic because it's called Rice is Nice, but it's about lifelong love. And it takes the symbol which is rice, the rice you might be thrown as you left the church to go on your honeymoon or to the wedding reception, to the wedding breakfast, whatever century you live in today, to whatever destination wedding and whatever beach in Destin, Florida you're standing on. They really don't. Doesn't, rice doesn't quite make sense anymore. But let's imagine rice was the symbol, and it certainly was in the days of how green was my valley. And uh, you want to get the rice simply because it's the obvious symbol for the singer and the lyricist of marriage. And marriage is the obvious right 
R-I-T-E, related to lifelong love. And it's very touching at the end. Uh, the singer wants to get uh, rice in his or her hair to be the symbol of loving someone throughout their life. And then the person says, let's make it a male just for the sake of parlance and convenience. And when I get older and wrinkles appear, male or female, will I still find some rice in my hair? Will I still find that which I had? Will I find that which I had? And that uh, takes us back again to Meister Eckhart's, uh, I, can't, I just can't get around this saying, I must have used it 25 times already in podcasts, but if you have anything that, if you're dying today, uh, or if you're in a crisis, uh, follow Meister Eckhart's very brilliant uh, counsel, picked up later by Gerald Hurd. When he says, if you want to find God, go back to where you lost him. And I keep speaking to people who define themselves as sort of people who want to live in the present and uh, have done with the past and have closure with the past and move on from the past and move to the future, which is bright and hopeful the first day of the rest of your life. And it uh, uh, doesn't work. I mean, of course, we all want to live in the present. We all would like to admire and enjoy the Pleiad um, meteor shower in the month of August 2015. We would all like to live in the present as far as those we love is concerned and our memories are concerned and our future and our jobs are concerned. But the fact is we cannot do that until we return to where we we got engrossed or paralyzed or blocked uh, in our past. And when that blockage and that paralysis and that uh, uh, tremendous attachment and engrossing uh, compulsive gaze is uh, through basically through meditation and through some help of all different kinds is uh, is is unblocked then the um, the uh, big trees having been cut down can come through the flume and find their way to the river uh, to the ocean and be shipped and that is what we are looking for but to think that you can by fiat say that no and so that's why when she says um, when I'm old and wrinkles appear will I still find rice in my here. Will I feel, still find the elements of that which uh, was so powerful the day I accepted his uh, offer of marriage and the day I married him and the passionate love we had before, during, and after that rite, which I prefer to call it. Now, this is powerful because the song is a perfect evocation of what the sacraments are all about. The sacraments in Christianity... And there are two, there are not seven, there are two, baptism and Holy Communion. Um, don't use this word, Holy Eucharist, it's jargon. Um, it's jargon, it's very new. Uh, it's okay, uh, but it's very Catholicizing. It's a communion meal, a fellowship meal, uh, in which Christ is present because he's promised to be present, but the exact form and tangibility of his presence is highly subject to question, and we simply cannot accept any form of transubstantiation because it's simply not empirically verifiable. Uh, this doesn't mean that we don't have an extremely high view of the promise of God to be with his people in communion, repentance, and faith, and in the midst of their losses and their shared sins, which, forgiven, create a kind of platform or petri dish for the Holy Spirit to grow and create fruit and joy and hope and ebullience and creativity in individual lives. Now, the sacraments are uh, really, as I don't need to tell anyone who's listening to this, the outward and visible sign of an inward and visible, the outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. The rice is the outward and visible sign. The inward and spiritual grace is the love that um, upon which and from which the rice was scattered and thrown and 
bought. But the entire thing is about, do you believe in love? Remember Miami Vice, um, Huey Lewis, do you believe in love? It's the love that created the conditions in which a promise was passionately understood to be right and good and true and completely organic to everything that had happened between you. And the rice was a lovely and touching symbol, as is your wedding ring. Um, as is any number of aspects, but the wedding ring primarily and the rice in second place. Now, um, this uh, is really crucial. I think the phrase uh, originated with Matthew Parker, but um, the uh, Archbishop of Canterbury, the first reformed Archbishop of Canterbury under Queen Elizabeth I, but it may have originated with um, uh, Thomas Cranmer, an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. Now, when you see this, you'll realize that um, almost everything that surrounds the service of Holy Communion, as well as to some extent baptism, which is now um, universally um, played out in the course of the main or central Sunday service, which is simply a concept and a notion. It doesn't work. Uh, it creates a tremendous sense of uh, anyone who comes to a church service where they're having a baptism in a public service at 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning. And if you've never been to the service and you don't know who the family is and you're not part of the community and all you hear about is these, this uh, whole um, idea that the child is being welcomed into this community of faith. And if you don't have any faith, it's, it's a complete lost cause. So it's, by definition, it's a non-evangelistic service. And every service today, as always, should be a service designed for the person who's not there. That's an ancient quote from William Temple. But he said that the church exists for the purposes of those who are not members of it. And uh, we completely blaspheme that uh, that. Um, a wonderful principle laid down by the Apostle Paul, I might add. I became all things to all men that I might save some. Um, we blaspheme that when we have a principle written in stone that all baptisms have to be at 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock or whatever it is. Now, there are some cases where it's absolutely right and good, several cases, but many that aren't. But in any event, these sacraments are simply symbols of something that is... Um, of far beyond sight, and they are intangible. They are corporeal and tangible, simply way markers, or I would almost way shower uh, Gregory the Illuminator. There's some kind of a, of, a, of a tangible picture that you can see of something that you cannot see. But don't you have this? I mean, wh what is it all about? Tell me about your love life. I mean, will you just, let's, let's talk about your love life for just a minute. How do you express love? Well, um, the way you can express love for someone is do the things he wants to do weigh your hair just for him you won't win him wishing and a hoping hoping and a dying you know you got to show him that you care just for him and i might say you have to show her that you care just for her that means take her take time to show her love not an overnight thing you have to take her isn't that Percy Sledge? I may be wrong about that. You have to take her to the restaurant she likes to go to. Take her on a vacation to a place she would like to go to. At Christmas, give her something she would like. I made the very almost decisive mistake of giving to Mary for one Christmas something that I thought was extremely cool. And it was a necklace with a 3D holographic eye. And it had some kind of symbolism for me in terms of our relationship that I thought was kind of cool and neat and true and romantic. And it also, uh, I just liked that kind of stuff, a holographic eye. I mean, golly, like a U.S. dollar bill. Well, she didn't think it was funny at all. She didn't get the joke at all, and rightly so. And any normal person would have seen 
seen this as an absurd, uh, ridiculous, cavalier, and really an inside joke on the part of the giver, not on the part of the recipient. And I was very embarrassed. In fact, my children have never forgiven me. Well, they've never forgotten, shall we say. But um, whatever that is, was I thinking of what she would like? No, sir. Uh, you want to do something for him that he wants. You want to love her in a way that she feels loved. You want to uh, offer yourself in a way that really is an offering, not a kind of imposition of your own tastes or own ideas. And that's why gift giving is entirely um, does well when it is received as an effort of real love and sacrifice and not something that is purely symbolic. In other words, the gift is an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. How do you love a child? I mean, you know this more easily than I do because you love a child by giving something that the child wants. You know, if the child wants the BB gun, like the Christmas Carol uh, movie, you know, the little boy who wanted the Red Ryder gun, that's what you get him because that's what he wants. You don't give him clothes, you know, with the old, you don't give him a tie. Uh, The same is true of uh, anyone you want to name. You give the child what the child wants or what you know and have learned about the child will want. You're certain of it. Otherwise, it's a complete, it's a disaster. So the thing that matters in the sacraments of the Holy Communion is not the bread and the wine. It is the, they are simply the, the uh, outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace, which is the forgiveness and the abiding and enduring promise of God to forgive sins. The blood of Christ, which was shed for thee the body of Christ, which was given for thee. I mean, again, you hear these uh, at the communion, you don't, you never get the right words. I, I, it's been years since I've heard someone give me the correct words. It's always the body of Christ, the bread of heaven, or the blood of Christ, the cup of salvation. It's not that. It's not the bread of heaven. It is an outward and visible sign of the true bread, which comes down from heaven, which is the love of God for all people and the forgiveness of God for all sinners. It is not the medicine of immortality. That's an ancient patristic phrase. It's not the blood of Christ. It is not the cup of salvation. It is the outward and visible sign of salvation, which is through the blood of Christ. And of course, the wine looks like, sounds like, was talked about as if it were, and it was connected with the blood from his actual veins, which was shed on Calvary. And then it's great, then it's important. But to make uh, out of the sign the thing signified is a disaster, and it creates services that are unintegrated theologically, unintegrated psychologically, unintegrated pastorally, acutely discombobulated and compartmentalized is really what I mean to say, and not actually accurate to the way invisible goods, you know, money can't buy me love. (laughs) The Beatles said it, can't buy me love. Love is like the wind. No man sees whence it comes and whither it bloweth. But it is how the Holy Spirit of God, the love of God in an individual heart in the midst of crisis and urgent despair connects up and bing, the lights go off and everything changes. Well, the same is true of baptism. Baptism is uh, the water. I mean, the water, yes, it's a pretty close symbol because I, I just washed my hands before doing this podcast because they were sweaty and I'd been taking a, a, a walk with Mary um, around the track. Um, I constantly have to go find the uh, the wonderful, actually horrible men's room in Grand Central Station near the Shake Shack when I come in because my hands, after I've gotten off the subway, are awful. And then I get the vanilla custard, which is to die for, to die for at Shake Shack. Although the last time I got it two days ago was not that great. It was a little, little watery for some reason. I didn't complain, but you have to wash your hands. Well, the water is a symbol of washing. What is it? It's the heavenly washing. 
It's, it's the thing. It's what I need. I need a new creation. I need a new self. Do I want to be judged by a jury of my peers? No. Does Paul Zoll want to be judged on the basis of his falsely conceived, misconceived, self-protective, defensive, and ambitious life and sinful life? Absolutely not. So I need to be baptized, and I have to come back to that again and again and again. Well, that's my little thing, and I hope you enjoy it. I hope you liked it, because it's actually, um, if you see it this way, the sacraments are great. Albeit, they should be special. They should not be every week. Communion should be should be infrequent, much more infrequent than it is. It should be once a month at the most, because then it becomes simply uh, nothing. The sign becomes a thing signified, and the thing signified is so huge. How can you possibly take it in every time you come to church? How could you possibly do that unless... Uh, Unless you you were you were a complete theologue, um, well there we are. And um, I conclude with one of the greatest songs about the difference between the uh, the uh, outward, the uh, appearance of a man, Ipayachi, and the interior spiritual truth of sorrow and suffering to which the sacraments indelibly and so powerfully, but so seldom today, speak. Thank you very much. Show